In the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. Amen. We are approaching the one-year mark of not worshiping in person. The one-year mark of not passing the peace. The one-year mark of only seeing each other in two dimensions on a screen. The one-year mark of hitting pause in our lives. While I think that most of us would give a whole lot to have this pandemic be over and done with, I do not think for one second that this disruption to our daily lives, that this pause in what was should be wasted. Nor do I think that this pause should later be viewed as a waste of time. Rather, the question that we should be asking is, what did we, as a Christian community, what did you and I, as followers of Jesus, do with this opportunity? You see, Jesus didn't believe in wasting any moment, no matter what was thrown his way. Despite being both God and human, he did not have complete control over what happened around him, much less to him. Yet Jesus looked at what was around him and then again and again chose how to respond. Think about that for a moment. How many times did Jesus go away to his deserted place to pray only to be followed. And so he stopped praying and he would start teaching those who had come. Or think about the times when Jesus was in a house or a home and then the street outside became filled with people who were seeking healing or those who would even rip off the roof so that someone could have access. And Jesus, in those moments, had to stop what he was doing, his eating or his teaching or a conversation with friends, and he was called to start healing in that moment as the opportunity came. Or think about when Jesus has been walking and someone touches him or calls out to him, calling upon his healing power, and so he stops where he is going and takes the moment to engage in an exchange and to share God's love through the act of healing again. Jesus embodies his love for humanity in his ability to use the moment, any moment, no matter how good or how disruptive, as a sign of God's love and as the way that he is called and we are called to care for the world. Jesus certainly did not waste the moment today when he went into the temple and lost it. He tossed out the cattle and the sheep, and then he turns over the table of the money changers after dumping all their coins on the ground. He didn't waste a moment but just for a quick review, remember, to make a sacrifice in the temple, you had to use a shekel. 
but people came from the neighboring countries to make a sacrifice to God, and so they had to go to the money changers to get the shekel to go and buy the animals for sacrifice. And so there in the holy temple of God, people are making money off of people's piety. Jesus walks in, sees this situation, and he uses it as a teaching moment like no other. He causes everyone in the temple to take a pause. He causes disruption in the daily lives of those who work at the temple and those who come to the temple to pray. Now, some theologians believe that the injustice of the marketplace is what makes Jesus upset. But other theologians will say it is an issue of piety. Those who come to worship on this holy day go about their daily lives without mm, much thought to God. But then they come back to the, holy, to the temple to be holy and to be clean. Jesus is calling them out, as commentator Amy Jill Levine says, for compartmentalizing their faith and making the temple sacred and making the home secular, whereas truly following God means taking the sacred all throughout the week. Jesus disrupts this bifurcated ideal of one and then the other. You don't just come to the temple on the, the sacred day to get right with God. You actually have to live your faith the other six days of the week. Jesus, and either way that you look at today's gospel reading, Jesus is hitting the pause button on the way it has always been done or the this-is-how-we-do-it-at-the-temple ideas. Jesus uses disruption to get people's attention now and to challenge them in what they think and believe is normative and to help them see that what they think is normative may not always be the faithful way of doing things. I don't know about you, but I know that I can easily sit at the table of the money changers doing what I know how to do, because we've always done it that way, helping people get access to their faith, putting on liturgies in the middle of the week so we can watch them online. I'm not so sure that I would appreciate Jesus coming in and throwing my life into disarray. And yet, and yet, as I started, here we are a year later almost. I would have to say that our lives have been in disarray from the from pandemic. The tables have been turned over, not because Jesus is here calling us to account, but because the pandemic turned our lives as we knew it upside down. And if we follow the example of Jesus, if we try to use the moment as Jesus did, whether or not we wanted to, we have learned new things.
We learned how to do church online, how to connect with parishioners we didn't know through a phone call. We learned how to care for one another in new ways. And yes, we have also lost things due to the disruption. The joy of singing together or mine that truly hurts is not hearing 200 voices join us as we say the Lord's Prayer. Yet these new things and these losses, I'd say they're on the surface. Because Jesus' faithfulness, Jesus' ministry calls us to go deeper. Jesus isn't calling for just surface changes. Jesus is calling us to transformational deep changes, the hard ones. Jesus upset the established system much in the same way that the pandemic has upset ours. So I wonder, how do we as a parish go deeper? And this is exactly what your vestry has been talking about as we begin this year. How do we use this time of pause? How do we use this time of disruption to look at the system of St. Cross and to wonder what can we do better? What can we do differently? How far can we go in how we live our faith? This is what God asks of us in a time of disruption. At a conference this week, I heard Darren Walker, the president of the Ford Foundation speak. He made a comment that blew up the chat box. On speaking about philanthropy in general, he said, it is not just about what do I give back. The question for each of us today should be, how much are we willing to give up? Jesus calls those in the temple to stop and think about their ways, to think about their habits, to think about their understanding of who they are. In our own time, in our own time of pause and disruption, I dare say that we have been given that same opportunity how do we reevaluate? How do we re-examine our habits of our church, our habits of what is normative worship, or how much we give to those in need, or even how we decide to give what we do give? What would we be willing to give up to do more to spread God's love? to bring about God's justice, to hearken the call to God's mercy? Would I be able to give up singing together forever if it meant that we could feed and house those in need in Los Angeles? These are the hard questions that disruption brings into our lives and calls us into how can we ask new questions? How do we fight that temptation to go back into the comfortable that we have always known? For we have always done it that way. Establishing new ways of being, 
new ways of praying, new ways of thinking, even new ways of living into the gospel justice with new ways of budgeting is not easy. We're creatures of habit. I'm a creature of habit. We like being comfortable. Turning over the tables of our established norms is risky. But that's where we are right now. We are in Lent with the temple in disarray, and we are on our way to the cross. We are living in the moment of possibility, of innovation, of challenge. The cross we are walking toward together in this moment, that cross is our hope. In that cross, we know, we know that when we have the pause, that when the disruption comes, that we have a choice. We can choose to seize the opportunity to change how we live our faith, to grow deeper in our relationship with God. We can choose to challenge what we have known as normal and to come into something new. We lean into the moment or the year of disruption, but we lean in knowing that on the other side of that cross is resurrection. On the other side of that cross is new life. Amen.